You're listening to Brunch with me, Noreen Mir, this Thursday morning. Now, let's turn to our next guest and topic of today. In the next 15 minutes or so, in the next, actually, 13 minutes or so, we're talking about early language and literacy development of preschool and kindergartens. And I'm really delighted to be chatting with So Min Park, who's an assistant professor from the Faculty of Education at the University of Hong Kong. Good morning to you, Professor Park. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Good morning. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. It's great to meet you here on uh, on Zoom. I'd love for our listeners to join us on Facebook Live this morning. Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. This way you'll be able to hear and see Professor Park there. So first of all, let's talk a little bit more about what exactly is early language and literacy development? What, what are we talking about here? So basically, so when we talk about the language development, oftentimes we um, refer it to oral language development. So basically, I'm able to use socially shared codes to deliver our thoughts, emotions, or concepts. So what we do actually at the moment, Noreen, having a conversation. Literacy development is a little bit more particular. So it's uh, able uh, ability or learning to read and write. So it's more related to the printed language. And it's it's a completely different skill set. So somebody might be a good speaker, but actually reading and writing could be something completely different. So what are some of the components uh, to literacy development then? Mm, so, I mean, you're right, Norman. So those are um, have a different um, components, but definitely related to each other because without the language skills, um, someone cannot read or write about what they know. But in general, there are five elements that we need to know for language and literacy development. First is ability to understand the sounds, speech sounds in language. So for example, in English, because we're speaking in English, uh, there are speech sounds like and those are single sounds, but those come together, make another sound and make a word in um, bigger unit. Another thing is um, understanding the meaning units in a language. Uh, for example, in English, the letter S represents the plurals or a third person singular. Um, next is understanding how the, the uh, language or sentence works. Like, for example, when I'm asking you a question versus I'm just sharing my thoughts, I will put the word order differently. So that's understanding of the language structure. Another thing is um, understanding the meaning of the words or the bigger units. For example, build, having this vocabulary or understanding the phrases or idioms that will be included in this element. And lastly, understanding the use of the language in social context. For example, we would I wouldn't use the same language or tone, attitude, voca even vocabulary when I'm talking to a boss versus when I'm talking to my friends. Yes. So these are um, five elements, but very depending on the language and cultures. For example, in English, uh, there are two different separate uh, sounds for letter L and R. So L, R, whereas the language like Korean or Japanese, they would collapse it together and have just one language, one sound, sorry. So again, um, the elements would vary depending on um, different languages. Yeah, how can teachers and educators support that? Hmm. So honestly, Noreen, is this a easily a worth uh, one semester topic? <laughs> but uh, in 
make it brief, uh, there are a couple of things I would like to highlight. So first is providing a rich language and literacy environment, right? So that the children have opportunities to express them and also listen to build vocabulary. They're getting familiar with the sounds and their language and how to put it together. And so when I'm when I say rich environment, meaning having various books and use that books to, to do the read alouds so that the children can understand some new vocabulary, they understand the narratives or storyline or plots. And uh, looking at the words and see, oh, the words represent some meaning. Also, it could be something like um, displaying the environmental print on the wall. So having children's name or their work or any um, relevant information on the print, uh, printed version on the wall. So teachers or parents, even parents can talk about it and then children can recognize those words. Seeing a rhyming song would be another example. Um, and, and asking questions like, so encouraging children to do some storytelling, like, oh, what did you do last weekend? Tell me about it. Do you remember what we heard about the story? What do you think next thing gonna happen? Can we talk about it? So giving them a lot of open-ended questions um, and let children uh, express, that's gonna be a rich uh, environment. Another aspect, especially because it's the early years, the preschool and kindergarten, focusing on the sounds and phonemic awareness. So the understanding, recognizing the sounds and then putting it together, making making manipulations and segmenting, those would be a precursors of later conventional reading and writing. So rhyming activities here it comes important because children understand, oh, these two words may have a common or similar parts in terms of the sounds. And also introducing alphabet sounds in a correct way um, would be uh, another aspect to consider. Yeah. Um, last is... Sorry, oh, go sorry. on. No, no, go on, Professor Actually, yeah, so the last is providing an engaging and fun activity. It's like bring them all sensory like adding gestures, emotions, and put it into the play-based scenario. For example, let's say you're doing a dramatic play, so having a flower market is a gorgeous weather out there, and um, you would brainstorm, oh, okay, what would, who will be the whose role, and then what do you want to write on the shop sign, what's going to be on our menu, Which what kind of flowers are going to be there. So all these things are going to be a rich language and literacy environment in a fun way because kids will come together. Oh, I think I can write letter A. I think I can write a letter R because that's in my name. I want to write Rose. Maybe they will able to finish it, but they can write the first letter and other kiddos or teachers can finish up writing the menu. So all of these can be used as a very useful activity. Absolutely. I think making it fun is definitely a great way for students, I think of all ages, but especially for the younger ones, because if it's, if you're making, I mean, storytelling, it has its merits. And I think there's also a time and a place, but, you know, mixing it up with something like role playing and, you know, playing restaurants mm -hmm. or playing shop, it definitely will encourage them uh, for more dialogue between them and having that conversation and also giving them an opportunity to know when somebody stops talking and then, oh, I'm supposed to answer and also to, to practice their languages. Now we've got a few minutes left um, before for the news, one of your area of interest that I saw on the website, Professor Park, is teacher characteristics and experiences that support quality early language and literacy practice uh, practices. Yes. 
Explain a little bit. Do you mean the sort of characteristics of, of the of the teachers? So, um, you know, uh, the qualities of what makes a good teacher to support language development. Could could you uh, elaborate a little bit? Yeah. So, what I meant by the characteristics of teachers is, for example, it can start with more structural factors like um, their teaching experiences. How long have they um, taught, or their education level, or certificate? Um, whether they have a certificate or certificate or not. Also, a lot of literature have shown that the knowledge of teacher uh, is going to be an important factor so that they can provide some quality practices in classroom that hopefully can lead to a better child outcomes. And what I meant by this knowledge, we can think about two things. Knowing about um, what's the important parts of language and literacy components, the correct sounds of the letters, um, it's very wide. Also, knowledge about practices. So having an uh, understanding of instructional strategies, any pedagogical approaches that it can use in classrooms. So both of them will play an important role uh, so that they, they can be um, providing some good quality practices. But that's why um, a lot of opportunities are out there in terms of teacher workshop, training, or professional developments. So all of these professional experiences may help them develop their skills and knowledge um, to provide some quality language and literacy practices. Yeah, and a lot of children here in Hong Kong, well, I, I guess uh, in the world or in Asia, but here in Hong Kong especially, grow up in a bilingual or multilingual environment where, you know, uh, some families will speak Cantonese and also learn English as a second language. How might that have an impact on the um, sort of acquisition of language and, and uh, literacy, for example? Um, does it affect the absorption or does it slow it down? Or what are some of the effects of it? It. So I, I think this is a very common question I get um, about the bilingualism or biliteracy. So when is better? Is it hindering each other? But a lot of literature as studies have actually shown the benefits of uh, bilingualism is that children be able to um, in the process of processing two or more languages, they'd be able to have this metalinguistic awareness, meaning, oh, know when I should uh, use this language, in what way, um, so higher level of the cognitive flexibility. So one thing I wanna highlight is that it is a benefit uh, to add it to the cognitive development as well. Another thing is, uh, depending on when children are exposed to, um, the levels of the proficiency will be different across the languages. But providing a, a consistent exposure would be the key. Um, so again, uh, again, depending on how much the children are exposed to and how much they feel they're engaged to, so it should be something fun, um, they'd be able to have a fluent vocabularies or understanding of the uh, language structures and uh, sounds as well. Yeah, well, thank you so much for your time, Professor Park. I really enjoyed talking to you, and it's such a uh, an interesting topic. I'm sure we'll revisit it another time and invite you back. And we've been talking to So Min Park, an assistant professor from the Faculty of Education at the University of Hong Kong, and we were talking about early language and literacy development of preschool and kindergarten. Thank you so much for your time once again. Thank you for having me here, invitation as well.